summer has in store for us. You got your Bibles, turn to Colossians 3, 23 and 24. We're going to title this sermon, Going All Out, but answer the question, why do we prioritize the call of God on every life? Thank you for standing as we open, like in Ezra's day when he opened in Nehemiah chapter 8, the book of the law, they stood in honor of it, so thank you for standing. Um, we're going to look at Colossians three twenty three. And 24, while we prioritize the call of God on every life. Now, before I read the passage, let me ask our graduates, if you're one of those rare young people that have a Bible, I would encourage you, I'm, I'm talking about a paper Bible, not a, I, I know what most of you are using, you're using your app, so I'm going to give you an alternative this morning. But if you have a Bible that you hold in your hand, uh, Jot a few notes down on the inside cover or back cover or just put grad rec Sunday. I want you to understand these three things that we're going to talk about this morning. If you don't, because I know the way you make it last forever, uh, just go ahead and, and follow me on Twitter. In fact, I will say this. If you will tweet these three points after the service today, right? That's how, that's how this generation remembers it. If you will tweet these three, not Instagram, I'm not on Instagram and I can't verify, but if you'll tweet these three points, somehow tag me at Pastor Robbie, it's pretty easy, right? And uh, I see that, then I will, um, I'll promise you, I will buy you a blizzard at Dairy Queen, all right? Or at least give you the means to purchase that. We'll get you a blizzard at Dairy Queen if you tweet these. I want you to remember what we share with you from this passage, because if you embrace it, I believe it will be absolutely life-changing. So you got Colossians 3, 23 and 24. And uh, I'm going to pull out my reading specs. I didn't earlier, and so Journey and Noah had to trade gifts a little bit, of, a little bit ago. So, um, <laughs> all right, you found your place there, Colossians chapter three, verse twenty-three. Whatever you do, do it enthusiastically as something done for the Lord and not for men, knowing that you will receive the reward of an inheritance from the Lord. You serve the Lord Christ, for the wrongdoer will be paid back. For whatever wrong he has done, and there is no favoritism. So God is not a respecter of persons, but he's going to reward those who passionately pursue him. Father, we want to do that today. Father, we ask that your Holy Spirit not only uh, cause this passage of Scripture and the principles that come from it to be so ingrained in our hearts and souls, but Lord, we pray that you would give us the power and the motivation to actually live it. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. I read about a college graduate, we had some college graduates here, who had received his degree at 22 years of age, and he had an interview with one of these Forbes 500 companies. And he was excited, he was an A student, he thought, man, I'm going to now really have this job that I always dreamed of. So as a 22-year-old, he went into the interview with the head of the Department of Human Resources who said, just curious, what kind of salary were you hoping for in this job opening? And he said, I was thinking, I don't know, maybe somewhere around $100,000 a year, plus or minus whatever kind of benefits. And so the director of human resources said, hmm, as he heard that number, $100,000 a year, he said, um, how about $120,000 a year, a new company car that you get to drive all you want every year, five weeks of vacation, paid vacation every year, and, and what if I said that it included 
trips overseas to beautiful exotic locations with free uh, opportunities to have fun while you're there to go to these conferences. And when you get married, your spouse can also go with you on these trips and her way will be paid as well. And this young man said, you've got to be kidding me. And this director of human resources said, well, of course I'm kidding you, but you started it. (laughs) Sometimes we can have unreal expectations or the wrong pursuits. Our highest hopes can be in the pursuit of the wrong things. We can climb a ladder of success and find out that it's against the wrong building in the end. And I want to tell you that your high hopes cannot be compared to how awesome God's high call is on your life. Paul knew that the church would have to be radically different than the culture that the Colossians were finding themselves in, that if they were going to stand for Christ, if they were going to live for him, if they were going to serve him. Remember, this is during a season, during a time in in history where under the Roman rule that if you were blue-collar, pretty much you were considered a slave, and or you were a freedman, those who were kind of running the show. And so most of the members of the church, these servants, were not always in fun working environments. But nonetheless, he said, whatever your job is, whatever you're doing, do it with all your heart. And so why do I, why do we as a church try to make a big deal about God's call on your life? We want to encourage you three ways. I'm going to share them real quickly with you this morning. Number one, we want you to make a big deal about God's call so that you will pursue God's call with enthusiasm in your work. Notice he says, whatever you do, do it enthusiastically. Some translations say from the heart or with all your heart, heartily as unto the Lord. Some translate it passionately. Keep in mind the English equivalent of the word enthusiasm means to be filled with God. Enthusiasm, it comes from the Greek word for Theos, or the Greek word for God, and in, to be filled with, and so to be indwelt with or to be filled with God. The Greek word, however, in this passage really means from the soul or out of the soul. So whatever you do, do it soulishly or passionately with all that is in you. You give it all that you've got, or as the title suggests, you go all out. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 through 27, we're told that in a race, all the runners run. And Paul tells the church in Corinth, you run in such a way as to win the prize. In other words, go all out. Don't do this thing called life half-heartedly. If you're going to be a witness for Christ in this world, no matter what your vocation is, no matter what your calling is, you pursue it with great passion. 1 Corinthians 9, the context has to do with following up on being a witness for Christ. And so all of you, whether you're called into vocational ministry or not, or whether some of you would even know that yet or not, by the way, most of you, according to statistics, will change your major within the next two years. And so whatever that leads you to, you're to be a witness for Christ and to go all out passionately for him. He uses that racing language again to the Philippian church when he says in chapter 3 that uh, you're forgetting those things which are behind and straining or stretching out, 
reaching out for what is ahead. And he describes that as pressing on toward the mark of the high call of God in Christ Jesus. So when you understand that whether it's your education, your vocation, whatever, I love that the word whatever is there. So whatever you do, that means it applies to all of us. Moms, dads, don't just say, hey, preach this to the next generation. All of us, if you're still breathing, you're still called this morning. All of us need to pursue that call with enthusiasm in our hearts for God. Romans chapter 12, verse 11 says, Don't be lagging in effort, but be fervent in spirit because you're serving the Lord. Whatever you're leading, whatever you're teaching, whatever you're designing one day, right? Whatever it is, do it. Not lagging in effort, giving your best in everything. And sometimes we, we, we build habits in our lives to where we, we just try to get by. We just try to survive. And, and kind of good enough is good enough, and we're satisfied with mediocrity. And, and one thing I want to admonish not only our graduates, but every Christian under the sound of my voice, is don't settle for mediocrity in life. Dare to dream big and to strive to accomplish the vision, allowing him to work in you and through you to do what only God can do. I remember when a lot of these kids were real little, I was thinking about that. I, I saw a slideshow yesterday. I think it was uh, Taylor's, uh, one of her T-ball years or something like that. I, I remember coaching T-ball. And, and I remember being out there and thinking that the kids are, man, they just, they've been looking forward to this, being old enough to finally join a team and play T-ball. And, and I remember that one of the kids in particular, I don't even remember his name, but he would come out there and he would, he would try to run away from practice and hide from his mom or hide from me. And we would practice at the rec department over here where they had the um, track and the, the football field down there, and, and he, would, he would go and try to hide behind the goalpost because that was the only place to hide. And he would stand behind it and, and, and try not to let me see him. And I remember going over, and he was just bawling, and, and I said, don't you want to come play? No, I hate baseball. And I thought, how could an American kid hate baseball? No, he's, he's, I hate baseball. I said, well, why did you sign up to play? My mama made me. I said, well, what do you want to do? I want to go home and play video games. I remember thinking, well, kudos to your mom for not letting you just stay home and play video games. You need this. But he didn't want to play. And, and, and maybe he gained a passion for baseball later on. Maybe not. I don't know. But I know this. Sometimes that same mentality is seen in the workplace and in our colleges and universities around here. Somebody's hiding out somewhere, and they're saying, I don't want to do this, and they're pouting, and why? I don't want to go to work. I don't want to embrace this opportunity of service. I don't, I don't want to bless my family and the home. Whatever their calling is, they just don't want to embrace it. Don't bring that mentality to what you believe God has called you to do. If it's to be a homemaker, you be the best homemaker for the kingdom. If it's to be a business leader, be the best business leader for the kingdom that you possibly can. Do it with all of your heart. These young people that we saw standing before us are all remarkably different, and that's great. 
because they're going to influence and impact so many different parts of society. Different gifts serving one Lord and one mission. And so whether you experience new things in college or on a new job, a new crowd that you're hanging out with, new temptations, mean bosses and cynical professors, remember you're going all out for the Lord Jesus Christ. As unto the Lord, he says, and not to man. Secondly, this morning, I want to challenge you to pursue God's call with eternity on your mind. Now, that's hard for young people to grasp these days. More than ever is it hard for young people to be thinking about heaven, thinking about eternity. But he says in verse 24, not not only are we to do this passionately, but he says we're to know that we will receive a reward of an inheritance from the Lord. God is ultimately going to be the one to provide the greatest payday in your life. So live with standing before him. Live with eternity in your mind. Lay up treasures in heaven, the Bible says. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus would say, don't lay up treasures for yourself on earth. Don't live for the here and now because moth and rust, what you live for in the moment is not going to last forever. Live for something that is going to have eternal value. People and their relationship with God. Live with eternity in mind. The treasures of this world will let you down. You will not always find satisfaction in them. Also, the temptations of this world will try to hold you back. The temptation to buy into the temporal and to please the flesh and to please self. Hebrews 11.25 says that Moses chose to suffer affliction with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. And I promise you, and by the way, adults, you can amen this, it did not end when you finished with your education, right? We never finished with our education. The devil is going to try to offer you something temporal, something cheap, something that doesn't last and say, give into this, buy into this, and forget God's call on your life. And that's when you're going to have to live with eternity on your mind. I've noticed something through now nearly 10 years of teaching college students. And that is by the winter of their freshman year, many of them, not all of them, but many of them will go through a season of deep depression. I don't know what it is about that freshman year. And my wife said she went through the same thing as, and has given me permission to share her testimony from time to time. But, it, but it's that, that winter of that freshman year, for some of them, it's the first time they've been away from mom and dad. It's the first time they've had very little accountability in their life. And maybe they've gotten around the wrong crowd. They've experienced with certain sins that they never thought they would experience. And some of them don't even realize that it's their spiritual condition leading them to the place of depression. But they are far from God and they begin to feel it because they got their eye off of the call God has on their life and onto the the party scene or whatever brought temporal pleasures at the time. I'll never forget one young man as we were looking at a passage of Scripture where David was depressed because of his sin in Psalm 32. 
He asked me in the classroom at Emmanuel College, why do you think we go through a season of depression? And I explained these things. I said, not everybody goes through it. Many get with the right crowd and have the right accountability, right encourage in their life. But so many go through it. And in that moment, you need to remember that you're a prayer away from confession and repentance and being in right relationship with God again. Some, for the first time, get away from the local church and having a body of believers encourage them and being under the Word of God on a regular basis. Don't stray from that. As we get older, life begins to go by faster. And if we're not careful, we don't make time for God anymore. There was a young man that was about to graduate from high school, and his father was very wealthy. His Parents had pretty much provided everything that he ever thought he would have needed, but they tried not to spoil him at the same time. And he he wanted a particular car that they had not gotten him when he turned 16. And and so he just knew that when he graduated from high school, I'm going to get that car. He had that car picked out, and he had talked about it, and he knew they had means. He knew he had had uh, wonderful grades and just thought for sure Dad was going to buy him that car. And so... On the afternoon of his graduation, his dad, who had a study in his home, called his son into the study and said, Son, I know you've been waiting for a graduation gift, and the most important thing I can give you is right here. Here's your graduation gift. And it was a a box just about this big. The son was a little bit confused. He thought, well, surely a car, maybe a die cast could fit in there, but a car couldn't fit in there. And he opened the box, and it was a Bible. He didn't even take the Bible out of the bottom part of the box, and he threw it down. And he said, all this I've done, and I get just a lousy Bible. And he stormed out of the office of his father. After graduation, he and his father were estranged for a long time. Didn't have a good relationship. He was going to prove himself. He made a lot of money, but he was not happy. He had What he would have thought was a dream job, but he still found himself discouraged and down and out and unfulfilled. He got news of his dad's illness because of a disease that struck him at a relatively young age in his middle age years. And so he went home to see his dad and got word on his way home that his father had died before he could get there. And he went into that office and began to look through things. And when he found that old, well, unused Bible... He opened it up, noticing a page was marked. And when he opened it up, there was the verse highlighted where Jesus said, if your earthly fathers, being evil, know how to give good gifts, how much more does your heavenly father give good gifts to those who would ask him? A key to the car of his dreams had fallen out of that Bible, had the tag on it, and he had missed it. Because he was looking for the temporal when we need to embrace the eternal. Get your mind on eternity. Matthew 25 and 23 says that we have this opportunity, and that's to hear the well-done, good, and faithful servant of God. That's what I want to hear one day. Revelation 22 and verse 12, the Bible says, Look, I am coming soon. My reward is with me, and I will give to each person according to what he or what they have done. 
Revelation 12 and verse 2 says, Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author, finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. And so my challenge to our graduates, my challenge to all of us as believers who have the call of God on our life is to embrace that call, to take up our cross daily, die to self so that we can come alive because whoever loses his life will do what? He will find it. But whoever saves his life will lose it. We want to die to self and come alive in Christ. And finally, prioritize the call of God on your life so that you will pursue God's call with exalting Christ as your goal. Again, verse 24 says, you serve the Lord. Verse 23 has already said, do this as unto the Lord and not to man. Don't forget who you're working for. Whatever you do, he says, whatever that calling is, whatever that drive is, whatever that, uh, that major is in life, do this for the glory of God. Do this to exalt the name of Christ. That will cause you to have a servant attitude. A, yes, Lord, whatever you would have me do. And if you've got that attitude toward the Lord, it will serve you in this life. It will serve you in whatever career or calling you embrace because you'll have a servant attitude that becomes very attractive. You won't have an entitlement mentality. We hear that again and again and again about the millennial population. I tried to give a group of students an opportunity to defend themselves against. I said, look, everybody's calling you guys the most self absorbed generation that that there's ever been. Do you really agree with that? And they all said, oh, yes, sir, yes, we agree with that. I was ready for them to defend themselves. And they said, no, we're we're the most self-centered generation. That's us. That's us. But if you'll have a servant's heart in this generation, you'll shine like stars. I heard about a young man who went into this new company where he had gotten a job and he was highly... esteemed for his ability as he walked in, and at least his education, right? And so he walked in, and at the end of his first day, the CEO of the company said, by the way, uh, son, you need to be sure to uh, sweep this area real good before you leave every day. And he said, sweep? Sweep? He said, I've got a master's degree, and you're asking me to sweep? He said, Oh, I forgot, you got a master's degree, right? Yes, from the local state university right here in town. He goes, I'm sorry, I I should have known that. Here, let me show you how to sweep. (laughs) Don't be that generation. You shine like stars because you have a servant's heart and you want to exalt Christ. 1 Corinthians 9, 25, I alluded to this chapter a moment ago. But it says that the world is competing for a perishable crown. We compete for an imperishable crown. Revelation 4.10 says that the elders, the 24 elders, you say, well, in Revelation, who are the 24 elders? Many believe that they represent the apostles and the 12 tribes of Israel. And that the apostles and the 12 tribes of Israel represent me and you, all of us. One day when we stand before God, it says those 24 elders took those crowns that they had received And they laid them at the base of the throne where the Lamb of God was seated. And so why do we remember that we're exalting Christ in all that we do? Because one day, 
We'll receive that crown of righteousness, that crown of life. That crown because of our faithfulness. And we'll stand before a holy God who died on Calvary's cross to save us and to give us life everlasting and life more abundant to give purpose and meaning to whatever calling he has on your life. And we'll take those crowns and we'll lay them at the feet of Jesus. May we be his humble servants. Like John the Baptist saying, we'll become less that you become greater still. Every one of us, when we leave this place, we should always leave with a sense of being on mission. And I pray for our high school, our college graduates, and others that as they head out into new venues, new arenas of life, that they'll do so just as if we had commissioned them as missionaries. After we recognized our graduates, I think it was April that said to me, I blinked. (laughs) I blinked, man, it went by. And I pray that you'll be able to, with joy in the days and years ahead, say, man, they're living on mission for God, serving Him. I've been there. I blinked. (laughs) I blinked. In the past few years, I was one of the parents watching my kids be recognized graduation. But I'm glad that, and I wish they were here this morning, One's preaching a graduation recognition service at another church today, and the other one is on a mission trip in Ecuador. I wish they were here because I blinked and they were gone, but I'm glad and grateful that they're living on mission. Every one of you don't have to be on the mission field overseas. You don't have to be in vocational ministry to serve the Lord. All of us are called to live on mission for Him. Would you bow your heads with me? Every head bowed, every eye closed.